0: This is The Union, the intersection between people, apps, and AI. We'll inspire and challenge you as we ask questions, uncover insights, and share inspiring stories about digital ecosystems and automation. All right, well, hey there, everyone. I am Scott King, and that is Chris Krause. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. It's going well. Hey, every uh, everyone, welcome to the Union Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the importance of establishing smooth and effective business workflows across people. Maybe because, you know, you need to think about that before you jump into an AI implementation. I mean, AI is all the hype, Chris, but the underlying process that the AI drives, right, it, it needs... It needs good data, the AI does, yeah. and it needs good processes. So um, let's discuss why that is important. Because um, there may be opportunities where you can grab uh, some uh, some ROI on a process for um, human resources, for customers, for orders, for supply chain, what have you. Yeah. But, I mean, you still need to have um, a repeatable you know, workflow that people can pay attention to. Right. And like everyone has a standard operating procedure for everything. Let's talk about automating some of those.
1: But they may change. Right. So the thing is, AI is not a silver bullet. It should be part integrated into your process, how you interact with systems and people. But the point is you may need to say, okay, I want to change a process to make it more effective because I have AI applied into it. So it's like AI by itself, you, you're going to have to do a little bit of process engineering. This is not a six-month crazy, let's change everything. But it's like, how do you inject it in to help make a decision? How how you have pe- help people make decisions to expedite things? What can it do to, say, deflect and people not have to make decisions? But there's that whole concept of, let's do a little, I'm going to say process engineering light. And, and that way, we actually put it in the right spot and it's very assistive and helpful.
0: Yeah. Because the, you know, you may not be taking a high level enough view when you're, if you're going to use AI and you're using it to help you with a task or help you make a decision or look at some data, there's, there's a before and after, right? There's a before step where you're getting the data. There's an after, you know, your AI must do something, right? You know, we talked about that in a previous Mm -hmm. podcast. So let's, Let's talk about some, you know, different business workflows that maybe everyone could,
1: like, understand. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned earlier, like, manufacturing and that. And interesting, I was working with a customer, and, you know, they have all the classic supply chain and ERP packages in place to help manage standard orders. Demand planning, forecasting, supply chain engines, help them figure out how many parts are in the fab and how long it takes and all that but they actually have a reasonable amount of specialty business so one reason customers like them or pick them over other manufacturers because they can do special one-off runs of things they can handle specialty requests but a specialty request actually involves a sign-off from like five or six parts of the organization like the sales guy has to say yes we want to do this and then their manager ha- has to say high value customer i'm willing to make be neutral and not make a ton of money on this to make sure they're happy then you actually have to talk to manufacturing and that could be anything from supply chain it's like do we have the raw materials can we retool do we know how to make this in the engineering department and then do we have the capacity to actually build it so Like some things like capacity, there's been like models out there saying supply chain. We work for supply chain companies who could forecast if you had a disruption, do you have the capacity to do extra work or not? Or could you resequence things? But then that's one person says, yes, I've looked in the supply chain system. We can handle this. Manufacturing says, yes, we know how to retool and build this. The people downstream who actually raw materials say yes, we have inventory buffer for this, or we can expedite shipment of an inventory buffer for it. Then, of course, like all good things, it has to go through financial and accounting to say, okay, are we willing to actually maybe be neutral on margins and build these for a customer as a one-off? You know, there will there's always cost in the manufacturing of retooling, resequencing, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. So it involves lots of parts of the organization and everybody has to sign off, but they said in the today world, this is horrible in a tech server because a sales guy does this, you know, maybe an admin is keeping track of this in a spreadsheet and people are emailing and asking different people for approvals and they don't know where it is. And like, if it's a young sales guy, someone new to the company, they won't even know who to ask and what the processes are because they're all manual. So really, having AI to help make decisions, say, in manufacturing, prediction, supply chain, those are important, but then you still have to get the sign-off and the organization to agree upon the common goal. So that's literally orchestrating people, approvals, things like that, and getting visibility back to say the regional sales manager and the sales guy that we're going to do this and we can do it and we can commit. So you have to realize that you know, AI can help make decisions for a role like you said, my specific task. But then you have to coordinate. If not, what's a sales guy gonna do? Run around with the phone all the time, calling everybody and bugging them? <laughs> can I do yeah. this? You know, <laughs> and, and you know, maybe like writing a report or just
0: the numerous conference calls to get everybody in the same context, right? Because yep. someone is someone in finance may not understand, like, hey, this is a really important customer. There's a follow on deal, you know, something Mm -hmm. that is outside of the larger story. You're not going to be able to handle that because you don't have the right context, which makes these things so manual. Right. The I mean, the the story is what sells it, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and a sales guy running around and, you know, he's not going to know. I mean, I don't know this, but I'm assuming he or she does not know the teardown and setup costs inside the the factory. You know to build no. something that just eats up yeah. margins, right? Um, right. But automating this, and as, as a story, would be helpful. And then we'll put AI on it later, right? Because once once we create it, uh, we can automate some pieces and, and look for efficiencies that way. Yeah, exactly. So, that so that's one, I I like that example because you know one. I think most people can understand it if they've you know, worked at a big place or sold solutions like we did into supply chain. You understand the, the multi-step process and can understand the bill of materials for that. Uh, what's another example that maybe is a little more people-oriented? Um, well, you know, HR example or something.
1: Yeah, and this every company has now. There's the concept of remote work. So, you know, we went remote with COVID because we had to. But now people are being very hybrid and flexible. Like, am I a remote employee or an on-campus employee certain days of the week? And then there's actually what's interesting enough is like international travel. Like, I've always worked in software. And so the concept that I had to get to every system remotely Say, when I worked for a company in Virginia, I could get to it from Texas or I could get to it from England, right? So that whole concept of international travel and remote, I had a company laptop, I had special VPNs, I could get to different things, and it was just a given. But that this because I work for a software company. So the whole point was we built integration software. We should be able to integrate and work anywhere. But, you know, some companies have regulations on that. You know, is this... You know, is the data HIPAA compliant? Is there privacy concerns in the data? Are there trade secrets in the data? Um, are you touching operational systems versus, say, you know, non like accounting systems, right? So there's a lot of things that come into play. So I was talking with a customer, and they were in a very regulated industry, you know, NERC and FERC and all those cool things. And so they said, you know, we do allow people to have access to some systems when they travel internationally. So like if you're in the US and you go to Canada, because we have factories there, we have, we have reasons to be there or Mexico, but then like in Europe and the Middle East, the rules all change. And so what systems can you get access to? Can you get to email on your personal machine? Do you have to have a, a company machine with high encryption? So it was actually all a manual process. Like you talked to your manager and said, you know, I'm going on this international business trip to Canada to work with suppliers. So they literally had to say, okay, you, your normal work, you normally have a laptop because you work remote or you work in the office every day. We have to ask it to issue a notebook and then it needs to know where you're going to be. And they need to know what type of software you should have access to like operational systems or historical systems or, you know, sales data. And so it's actually an interesting problem. And because I've always worked in non-regulated industries. It was never an issue, but for these guys, what data did you access? Where are you accessing it from? Was really a big thing, and not and not everybody had a notebook. Like in in software, we we were probably early adopters that everybody had a notebook computer. Some people still like you and I. We work on de- we do work on desktops every day because it's got big screens and they're yeah, fast, well, right? Yeah,
0: just because uh, so I can see the screen, but
1: uh... yeah, and so stands that. But it's I think it's an interesting concept because you think about those workflows. You approve it, your manager approves it. You know, HR may need to say, okay, when you talk to travel, we give you special health insurance here. We don't have health insurance for that country. You know, do you need special provisions there? IT may say, no, you need a special loaner laptop that we've ultra locked down and it's highly encrypted, and we have a GPS tracking device in it, things like that. So IT is involved. And then Actually, all the IT systems like these days, it, you know, some companies you can log into your email from any browser. Others, it's like this is not a company machine. You can't log in.
0: Yeah.
1: And the VPNs won't connect you if you're not on the continental U.S. Like the VPN is looking at where are you and will block things. So there's uh, IT provisions things and they turn them on and they turn them off. So you actually want a workflow that says, turn on access, say for Scott to go to um, England for a week, and he can have access to all of his marketing information while he's at a conference, but then turn it off on this date because he should be back in the US, right? So there's actually the wind up and then the wind down of all those things. And so, um, and it's, people actually, this isn't made up, people actually do this, right? It's actually important, like, to be able to understand where your data is being accessed from and what systems they have access to
0: yeah i I can't imagine the the variability of some of those policies like you said this was a company in critical infrastructure um you know or a a government contractor or a government agency um Mm -hmm. to be able to do that and then um it, it just seems like the high degree of variability who you know where where would they keep that in some
1: like outdated document and somebody's in charge of populating
0: all those rules
1: yeah so they had a lot of sharepoint sites and a lot of it was like what's the risk for brazil versus risk for mexico versus you know different countries in south america it wasn't it was actually country specific versus continent specific and so and so it was very manual process and so you know a lot of times people would just not have access or they kind of give up um, and say, you know, this, this, I'm going to be out for two weeks because I'm at this thing and I'll let you know when I get back. But which usually, <laughs> for a lot of people, if you're working remote, you need to be able to actually work remote. It's some capability, right?
0: Yeah, because other, otherwise you just give up, right? You can't connect and, yeah. and you can't do anything and you, you got to do everything, uh, you know, on your local machine. And, yeah. and the machines, like nowadays, like locally, they do, Less and less things, right? Because you're connected to all these <laughs> cloud services yep. anyway and, and different SaaS platforms. So if, you know, if, if people, you I know, mean, if companies did orchestrate these workflows, whether it be the, the supply chain manufacturing example, you know, selling a, a specific item or a specialty item to a specific customer for some reason, and then the HR... I mean, what are like? How can you gain overall efficiencies by doing that? Um, is there, you know, is it documentation efficiency? Is it the fact that I can audit the process and create the story? Does it save me money? Does it save me time? Like, what what should people look for if if they're
1: doing this? Well, one thing could be compliance. Okay, did we actually go through a process? and document that every person has signed off to actually build this item. Or if they said, no, we have a reason why. So we've documented it. And so, cause you know, from a manufacturing process, someone may want to know at the end of the month, why were the why do we have these exceptions in inventory? Or these, these we, we didn't manufacture the standard amount, we were below forecast, things like that. So actually documentation for compliance reasons there. And then with like the remote work and all that, it is just as important to wind things down and turn them off as they did turn them on. Because like an auditor at the end of the year when they're doing a security audit, they may say, well, why do you have, you know, all these 50 employees have access to the IT systems from Canada and the VPN? Why do you have all these special rules that you forgot to turn off? So there could be le- legitimate compliance reasons, you know, like that need to know or access, you know, only access should you need temporal turning things on and turning things off if it's not an automated process who's going to remember to go do that it's like it's like everybody says i'm going to try a free movie service and then cancel it the day before i get billed and then they forget (laughs) and then the next month the day after they get the bill they're like oh i meant to cancel that and the next month right so it's like but in this case there's nothing to remind you right unless you have an automated process that orchestrates people says you turn this on you need to turn this off you know turn this on this is a day that expires and sometimes it's an automated action in the workflow to do it maybe sometimes it's like it nudges a person please confirm you manually turn this off and then you have documentation of that end-to-end process
0: yeah that reminds me so the the app store has these orchestrated workflows because i got a notification Mm -hmm. yesterday that says hey your subscription is going to renew for this app because i bought it through the app store i didn't buy it you know Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through the app itself, uh, and then it says your subscription is going to renew. If you want to cancel, you better you better do it right. Yeah, I, I got that yesterday. I remembered it today. I'll forget it tomorrow. Um, yes, and, and so I'll end up paying for it. But uh, you know, some of the other from a outside of the cost perspective, right? Um, I mean, some of the other pitfalls in a situation like this could be time related. You know, there's a delay in a certain number of steps. The, the, I think the real thing is all the time delays. It's normally like a yes. person, right? right? I mean, it's never like a system, a system, you ping it and it tells you an answer. But, but all these, right. you know, workflows, they have too many people depend, you know, too many steps are depending on the people. Like, how do we get rid of that?
1: Right. right. And so that's where you get into like escalation because, like, if say it's the manufacturing thing and it's very specific, you need to do it quickly. Or maybe the travel request is under two weeks versus over two weeks. So, if you're asking multiple people for approvals and they're on vacation, you know, maybe they're out of office is turned on, maybe it's not. So, how do you know the workflow has to then escalate to their managers, or escalate to a secondary person for, for approvals so things don't get stuck? Because that's what happens a lot of time. If you need five approvals, are you gonna get all five the next day? No, because people are busy doing other things, they need to be nudged, they can be out of office, so they need their managers need to have an automatic approval or escalation path. And so people don't have the redundancies like you know, IT systems do. You know, we, we have backup systems, we have backup routers, but a lot of times the people backups are very manual. And so having automation of people helps make that more of a automatic a failover process, if you will yeah yeah the
0: redundancy is the out of office message you know yeah. you, you just mentioned going on vacation um pretty soon like you won't need those uh no. if if because you're if you're inside a process and you need the next step and you email a person and they say that they're out of office you you know it immediately tells you you got to contact somebody else um if i ask for an approval in a you know, in an automation platform, it's already asking the other person, you know, it's yes. already escalated that, that ask, like you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting view, like how to get, maybe we should do a podcast, like the, um, you know, retiring out of office messages or something that could be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obvious. the, the obvious benefits are getting things done quicker. Yep. Um, and then the compliance aspect, the I'm, I'm glad you, yep. you mentioned that. How, you know, what would what would the, the supply chain process look like? If it was completely automated, what would it look like?
1: Yeah, so the things that we could get out of systems automatically, like forecasting systems and all the machine learning to do forecasting, say, instead of someone manually looking it up, it could say, yes, we have capacity to build this. You know, we can do the tear up and tear down. Engineers usually still need to sign off on a specialty product. But so, you know, they can do their sign offs there. And then from an accounting perspective, if they're given all the information on the front end, it says all these people can do it and we can be revenue neutral or not based on what manufacturing has told us. It'll make their decisions faster. Right. And so it is about getting that velocity up and not dropping the ball. And saying, oh, did we not get this done? You know, what's the status of this? There's none of those running around getting statuses in that. So we can actually use AI to help people make the decisions. Sometimes AI can make the decision. And then that tells us, okay, this is what we predicted. Well, do you want do you agree? Continue. So we can actually help do some of the back-end work.
0: I mean, that makes sense. You know, when you mentioned the AI and the AI, you know, a prerequisite is good data and good processes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it could it could learn across all these different situations, depending on you know when the order comes in. I mean, there's a hundred scenarios that we could walk through. Yep. Um, and then the 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 international travel one, I think would be the same, but you would still have to maintain some type of rules for uh, safe travel, right? Like it's yes. uh, because the the different areas of the world. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to go to Russia or Ukraine right now, but right. Um, but previously, um, that was less of a of a risk, right? So you yeah. still have to have some type of um, you know rules based you know risk safe management. travel yeah. or you know how would mm-hmm. how would that work, especially with VPN access, right? I don't I don't yeah. want to log into anything from some parts of the country or some parts of the world.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that helped, that orchestration there cuz it happened when we were at a, a big company like when you're in um, Brazil and that you had you had special policies in place for approved hotels, approved car services, you know, and they the hotel was always right across the street from the office so that minimized risk and all those things. So there's risk management that the HR systems have and tra- travel systems have, and then there's IT risk of how sensitive is the data you're taking with you? Can you take it on the machine or not? Do you VPN in and all those things? And so there's there's a lot of risk management that's actually you can orchestrate away and help AI with those things. Because AI can you know scan like the internet quickly for the latest threats. It can yeah. you can have calls to the State Department to say, what are, because they give you um, code, num, code names, red, yellow, green, for countries and travel and things like that. So, that, all those things can be brought together to actually make that process faster and you spend less human time figuring out. And then it's very consistent and how you do the, the approvals or not.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, reduce human time, right? I mean, we need to, we yep. need to be doing more important things anyway uh, yes. than chasing people down. Um, all right. So I appreciate it, Chris. I like those examples. If if you were going to sum up, you know, what we talked about today, what what should what should people do based on kind of the this orchestrating people, you know, processes across
1: people? So I think the first thing we talked about is say so you want to you want to you want to make a process better. Sometimes it's document the current state and figure out what are the incremental things we can make it better. Sometimes it's applying AI and ML with decisions. Sometimes it's getting access to systems and processes. Sometimes it's, you know, how can we orchestrate people so they're not the the, the long pole of a decision or something. But bringing those together. And it's it doesn't mean you have to do a six-month, you know, long analysis. It's like, no, literally, Look at a process that goes across multiple steps in the organization past your desktop. Like you mentioned, data comes from somewhere. What you do goes to the next place based on your task. And figure out what are the incremental changes you can make to make it more efficient. You don't have to re-engineer the entire company. Just look at what are the two steps above and below your process and then make those better. Yeah, super,
0: super. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Please tune in, subscribe to the union podcast and and catch all of our automation and AI content and uh, appreciate everybody's time until next time. thanks, Thanks. Thanks for listening to the union. I hope it was insightful and caused you to think about how you can influence technical advancements at your company. Please subscribe to the Union podcast series on your favorite podcast player to listen to past and future episodes. If you have a question for any of us or have a suggestion for the show, please email me at scott at Christosoft com. Thanks for listening.